0: Richard, thank you, Carrie Tabludama. Tulomu Nalerhi. Welcome home as we gather in this place today, in this sacred space, to worship and to celebrate. You know, there are some old timey words that I wish we still used. We just don't use them much anymore, and I just wish we used them more often. They sound great, and there is a quality to them that just makes them sound special. Uh, You know the kind of words I'm talking about, a word like Weisenheimer. Do you ever hear Weisenheimer anymore? What a great word. Basically, it means smart aleck. But the word just sounds so wonderful when you say it. So you can say to your kids, don't be a Weisenheimer. They'll have no idea what you're saying, but it sounds so good. Or the word horse feathers. Does anybody hear the word horse feathers anymore? I just love the sound of the word. It it means claptrap. Or the word claptrap, which means nonsense. Help me out here. Can you think of any old-timey words that you just love, but you just don't hear anymore? Go ahead, Cindy. Discombobulate, Discombobulate, which means? Yeah, things are all kind of just scattered, messed up. Okay, somebody else. Good word. Anybody else have one? Not giving you enough time to think about it, because you know many... Mercy on me, okay, good one. That's yes, yeah, Southern Bev, whippers, young whippersnapper. Yeah, that's great. In the South, when your child gets in trouble and you're talking to an old timer about it, uh, he or she may say to you, "Did you give them down the road?" Does anybody know that phrase? Did you give them down the road? It it means did you chew them out? <clears throat> Perhaps or perhaps not, you have heard the word chenit. Does anybody know the word chenit? It just simply means to be very, very cold. So cold you're paralyzed. I have to sit in front of the fire for a while because I'm chenit since I've been outside. Well, you may not have heard that one, but surely you've heard the word tommy rot. Do you know tommy rot? utter foolishness, or hogwash, which means untruth, a lie. Oh, Steve, so far your sermon is just piffle, which means hooey, which means lacking in substance. Whatever you do, Melanie, don't lollygag, or you'll be late. It was like we planned that. In our scripture today, there is one of those old-timey words that is just so wonderful to say and to hear. It just sounds so great. Listen for it as I read the scripture. I will stand on my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by faith. I so love the word tarry. It means to be held up. It means something is taking its sweet time. Tarry also means to wait, to hold back. So Jesus says to his disciples in the garden, tarry ye with me. Tarry. Wait with me. If you are a King James Bible reader, you will read the word Terry 53 times as you read through its pages. If you read the New Revised Standard Version, which we use in our pews, you'll find the word Terry only four times. And if you read one of the newer translations, like my favorite, the Common English Bible, you will not see the word at all. And it's kind of a shame, because it's such a great-sounding, powerful word, terry. It means wait. Now, to be honest, when one preaches or teaches on this passage in Habakkuk, one usually focuses on the phrase, the just shall live by faith. Probably 99.9 times out of 100 when this passage is used, that's the focus. The just shall live by faith because it is the phrase that Paul picks up and uses in Romans as he argues that people are reconciled to God, not by rules and regulations, but by faith alone. It is the same verses and Paul's use of them that so impacted Martin Luther that they became central to his teachings and actions that spirited the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century. So usually when someone is looking at these verses, what they focus on is that wonderful phrase, and the just shall live by faith. But as I was reading these verses, I got caught up on this one word, Terry. In the context of the passage, the concern that is expressed is that God's judgment and the new thing God is doing is taking too long to unfold. And so the prophet reminds the readers, even if God tarries, even if he takes a while, even if it's not coming as soon as you think it should, even if God tarries, hang in there because it's coming. To tarry is a way of life. Waiting is a way of life. We spend a significant amount of our time waiting. Waiting for this to happen. Waiting for that phone call. Waiting for this package to be delivered. Waiting to hear news about so-and-so. We wait, and we wait, and we wait. I remember when I was a kid and I would order something from the back page of a comic book or a catalog. I would pine away, oh pine, that's an old timey, I would pine away waiting for it to arrive. Every day as I would come home from school I would expect the package containing the new record album or the new comic book or whatever to be waiting at my front door. And I remember times when I felt like that which I wanted to arrive would just never come. Day after day, I would wait. And the longer I tarried, the more helpless I felt. Waiting is just a way of life. The first Star Wars movie came out in the spring of 1977. It was the first date that Judy and I had where actual money was spent. Do you remember the way the first Star Wars movie ended? Oh, not at, the, not at the very end with all the music and stuff, but when Darth Vader spins out of control in his fighter. Do you remember that scene? I didn't know it at the time, but I quickly surmised that another Star Wars movie must be on its way. Because if there was ever a scene that set up the sequel, it was that one. And I waited for the next one, and it came and went... And then I waited for the next one, and it came and went, and then I waited several years for the next one, and it came and it went, and so on and so on. And now I am waiting, because on December 20th of this year, the ninth and final of the original series comes to theaters. So it would be a true statement to say that my entire adult life, 42 years, has been waiting for the next Star Wars movie to come out. Waiting is a way of life. When you've been to the doctor and they've ordered the tests and then you have to wait for the results... It can feel like so, 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 so long. And then for some reason, the results are held up for even longer. Tarrying can be so hard. I remember I did a phone interview with the search committee from Second Baptist Church in the early part of 2012. It may have been the latter part of 2011, now that I think about it, but the early part of 2012. And after the phone interview, which went pretty well, I found myself waiting to hear back from Randy and from the committee. And while they were not long, in returning to me, it felt like long. For some reason, when you wait, time seems to slow down and it gets harder. I seem like a long time as I waited hoping that we would be pursuing this relationship together. The thing about waiting is that waiting is hard. Quite often during the waiting period we begin to see the possibilities for the worst and anticipate the possibilities for the best And the end result can end up either being a great surprise or an unraveling disappointment. Another thing that's really hard about waiting is that while we are waiting, sometimes things change. So the thing that we are waiting for has lost its appeal by the time it happens. When I was a kid, I was a huge Black Sabbath fan. Truth be told, I still am. And I had waited months for the release of their newest album, Sabbath Bloody Sabbath. I knew the drop date, and I waited all fall and into the winter for that new album to be available. I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I counted the days, and I knew it was coming, and I could not wait. The album came out on a Monday. And the Friday before that Monday, I went to see Jesus Christ Superstar in a theater in Frankfort, Indiana and I became a follower of Christ so I became a Christian on Friday evening and my favorite band put out an album for which I had been waiting forever on Monday. As soon as school was over on Monday, I walked over to Grant's department store. Do you guys remember those? Grant's department store? And picked up the album. I took it home, went up to my room, put it on my turntable and let it rip. I studied the album cover. It was a depiction of a man being tortured by demons while he died in a bed with the number 666 on the headboard. As I listened to the music and read the lyric sheet, it struck me all of a sudden that that which I had waited months for meant very little because of my newfound faith. This new faith of mine in just three days was leading me in a different direction. The lyrics, the art, the vibe didn't fit with the new me. Don't get me wrong, I love the album. It's one of Sabbath's best. But in that moment of time, I realized that that which I had waited for seemed insignificant to that which I had just found. Now, a wonderful thing about waiting is that it serves as a time to learn. We often don't see it until the waiting is over, but it is in times of waiting, in times of tarry, that we learn who we are and who we are not. We learn our strengths and our ability to hang on just a little bit longer. As the prophet Isaiah writes, Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up on wings like eagles. It is during that waiting period where good things can happen to us. Another interesting thing about waiting is that it shapes us. The waiting process is a molding process Where we learn what it means to pray, to believe, to practice patience, to learn truth about ourselves and the world we live in. Now, there's a very frustrating thing about waiting, and that is the experience of waiting when we are waiting on God to act. When there is a thing going on and we need God to intervene, and we wait and we wait and we wait. We pray, we believe, we trust, we hope, we hold on, but still we wait. Sometimes we want to yell out like Job, Enough of this waiting. God, show up in this moment. And the promise of waiting is this. God will show up. For God has never been away from us. It may not be in the way we want God to show up. And it may not be in the way we would like it to be. But God will be present with us. And we will discover, even as we have to tarry, that God is always with us. Always beside us. As we wait on God. We hold on to the words that tradition says were written on the wall of the Jewish ghetto in Poland during the Nazi occupation. I believe in the sun, even when it isn't shining. I believe in love, even when I cannot feel it. I believe in God, even when God is silent. If it seems to tarry, writes the prophet, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. You know, sometimes that's all we have to hold on to. Amen.